Thor came back. He took Jane to Asgard. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. It's harmless phosphorescence. This is Thoreau Smiley, and you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and I want to show you my Grodenheim. It's not that I don't love our little talks, it's just that I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber, still all muscly and everything. Well, wiry, anyway. <laughs> this is I harmless think. phosphorescence. Is that the Charles Grodenheim? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, made it better. Uh, this is the podcast where we watch every theatrically released. Was is is Anaheim the tenth realm? Oh my god! I had a joke set up so well. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, no. It's not it. Okay. <laughs> this is the superhero. Uh, uh, movie podcast. Uh, we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You could be a patron, too. Head over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We got Star Wars shows, holiday shows, music shows. We got them coming out weekly. We've got monthly movies where we do a non-superhero movie every month. That done is only a buck to listen to. So uh, patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment is the way to go. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Thor The Dark World. After all this time, now you come to visit me, brother. Why? To mock. I need your help. But I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. Some believe that before the universe, there was nothing. They're Some wrong. Believe. There was darkness, and it has survived. What's gonna happen? I gave you my word. I would return for you. You face an enemy, known only to a few, known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. I'll kill you. That was for New York. I like her. Thor, your bravery will not ease your pain. Your family your world will be extinguished. We're running out of time. The very fabric of reality will be torn apart. I'll find a way to save us all.
yours. Anyone else? Thor! The Dark World. Ah, yes indeed. The Thor The Dark World was released November 8, 2013. It has a running time of 112 minutes, rated PG-13. It cost $170 million. And uh, it took in $644 million. So it was indeed a hit. Um, not a, not Avengers level or even Iron Man 3 level, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it did all right. Yeah. Um, it's a, another situation like Iron Man 2, like if, if either of those had flopped, the trajectory would have totally changed. Yeah. I know that saying it simply as I just heard it, but you know what I mean? Like they were both sort of, eh? yeah, definitely. I mean, um, this one was, I mean, it was the first it was like the return of Thor after the Avengers. And it was very like, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think so uh, there, there was definitely disappointment expressed by executives at $644 million. I think they were hoping for a billion, but, um, sure. yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah, no, I didn't mean like as a flop, I guess, but, uh, yeah, but it, they're both sort of subpar compare sequels compared yeah. to their first ones. Yeah, absolutely. And Whereas I th- like Winter Soldier, I thought was a step up. I don't think there's a bad Captain America movie as far as that trilogy goes personally, but um, Same. um I think all three of those are, are pretty rock solid, whereas <laughs> Thor and uh, Iron Man both have some weaker entries. Um, um, but uh, um, I think that this movie being underperforming slightly is kind of what made them decide, well, let's just give it to Taika Waititi and let him do what he's going to do. It was beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. that over overperformed. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, and they invested. That exceeded all expectation. Yeah. Yeah, in every possible way. <laughs> that Ragnarok is, oh, it's one of my favorite MCU so, movies. <laughs> it's so good. We're going to talk about stuff. Ragnarok a lot while we talk about the Dark World. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny that we took so long, you know, talking about Asgard and what we thought it was, and they they, they basically told us in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's just you a know. place you can go. It's just a place. <laughs> it's a big. Yeah, place. it's a planet. Yeah, they had you know starships appear. I mean, maybe it's know, yeah. Down. Yeah, exactly. All that. Yeah. It did anyone else think that it felt sometimes like a Star Trek movie? Yes. 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 Yeah, tonally and like visually, it looks like a Star Trek movie. In a and lot now, of ways. Obviously, everything in Asgard with Natalie Portman reminds us of um, Fan Menace and shit. Yeah. Like her out on balconies over these, oh, you know. Yeah. Well, it was. Um, slightly magical looking structures. Yeah. It, it was visually and it was gorgeous. I mean, this movie looks really good, but it was, um, as far as the visual effects go, um, it was kind of like somewhere. It was. It was like someone mashed up the prequels with the Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of fantasy elements. I mean, with the elves yeah. and like the it's stuff at the beginning. Yeah. There's, get... there's not enough cosmic and there's too much fantasy. There, and then it, there's sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much like what and like the the dark elves ships that are basically B-wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. massive and travel through space yeah but 
We'll get to that. In the meantime, though, guys, um, it's time for us to uh, get into the box office top 10 game. Oh, yeah. Here we go, everybody. It's the game where I am going to count down the top 10 movies of the week of November 8th, 2013, using only the uh, descriptions that are given to me from Box Office Mojo. And the guys here are going to try to guess what movie I am describing. Um, So I'm going to... There, there was a lot of op- movies that opened this week, like an insane amount of movies that opened, but none of them are in the top 10 except for Thor, which is number one, of course. Wow. But I'm just going to really quickly, opening this week, Billy and Buddy, Remnants, Best Man Down, <laughs> Best Man Down. <laughs> best Man Down, Best Man Down. <laughs> we never leave a man behind at the reception. People of a Feather, the 2013 re-release of Approved for Adoption. <laughs> what? The 20 20- got more confusing with each word. <laughs> right? That is um Oh, I see. It's it's a Korean anime. <laughs> so, I imagine this was the American theatrical release. All right. Free pass. Opening at number 90, Finding Mr. Right, <laughs> which <laughs> At number 79, Go for Sisters. Number 76, At Berkeley. Number 71, The Ghosts in Our Machine. <laughs> Presented by the Maytag Company. Uh, yeah, at Our number- machine is a Keurig. <laughs> yeah. That's sorcery. At number 57, Reaching for the Moon. Um, and at number what? opening at number fifty one, the Armstrong lie, which I'm pretty sure is a oh, thing. No, okay. I, I I thought it was gonna be like an anti moon landing like propaganda thing, but it's just about it's 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 a documentary talking shit about Lance Armstrong, not Neil. Oh, it's it's not the the Stretch Armstrong movie. <laughs> the stretch Armstrong. <laughs> that movie just goes on and on and on. <laughs> number 50 how i live now opening at number 34 oh, yeah. great expectations there was a 2013 great expectations movie aren't there always they there thought always it was going to do better <laughs> uh at number 32 the book thief i did not realize that movie didn't do very well yeah what year is this i'm sorry 2013 and that's these sounds like '90s movies uh, titles. So, and okay, so that brings us to the top ten. So, at number ten this week. Oh God. Okay. So Flint Lockwood. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now works at the Live Core Company for his idol Chester. But he's forced to leave his post when he learns that his most infamous machine is still operational and is churning out menacing creations. Just Chester? Like Madonna? Well, Chester V, but... <laughs> okay. Is this the a Terminator machine? movie? No. Yeah, is this like... Uh... 
Blade Runner, but set in like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> this is a, is it that it is a sequel. It is not Blade Runner oh. Chuck E. Cheese. Which have you guys seen that Chuck E. Cheese um, Nicholas Cage movie? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't watched what? it yet. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's kind of amazing because he plays he plays like a knight, like like a like janitor or something. Mm-hmm. But like, and yet it's like a Five Nights at Freddy's thing. He has to fight demonic, like Chuck E. Cheese things that came to life. But then, yeah, like, apparently, the 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 bit is that he has like zero lines. He's completely silent, and at any <laughs> point, he's he's on the clock. So at any point, like his like watch will start beeping, and he'll just go on break, like in the middle of battling <laughs> demonic creatures. And of course, he wouldn't talk, right? Yeah, yeah of course. There's nobody there to listen. And you don't want to give away your location. <laughs> come over and sing happy birthday. <laughs> um, so anyways, this movie is a sequel and it's animated. I think it's DreamWorks. Um, oh. um, this is in the Crudes part two, is it? No, no, no. That is coming <laughs> totally out this crude. year. <laughs> crude and rude. Uh, cloudy with the chance of meatballs, too. Oh, is it? I was going to guess that, but I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah, the second one was 2013. So, uh, your thought is your best. Number nine. Oh, I like this movie. Um, <clears throat> at the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens <laughs> and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend <laughs> turns out not to be as easy as you might think. I just want to say that when I turned 21, I also learned time travel. But it was only for like... It was alcohol-based. Yes. Wake up and it's tomorrow. Yep, exactly. Is this about time? It is about time. And you get about a point. I never saw this. You said it's good? Yeah, yeah. I I recommend it. It's way better better than it seems like it should be. It's not... How does it... How does it compare to like uh, Endgame or Back to the Future? <laughs> um, I'd I it, it's actually probably closer to um, Time After Time. That was recently put up on streaming. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Is that another time McDowell? traveling movie. That's H.G. Wells. Yeah. The the Cindy Lauper movie. <laughs> <laughs> the um, biopic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one is like it's it's oh god, it's time travel. Why the time travel is 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 it it is really just a means to like the dramatic ends. It's not really about the time travel. Oh, I think most of them are. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that one that came out? That was that indie movie from like ten or so years ago, um, where. They like had a time machine in their garage, and they kept oh, oh, fucking it up. This was based on a real on a true story, but it's like a safety not guaranteed. Not that one. Oh, that was a good movie. Oh, not though. that one. That was a good movie. Oh. That was that that was Aubrey Plaza, wasn't it? She was in that in the Duplass. Yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Um, but it yeah. was um, oh, what was that one? Uh, it's not the one with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Playing Bruce Willis. No, yeah, jump, no, jumper. Looper, no, Looper, Looper, Looper. He's a Looper. Uh, God, what was it? It was um. Oh, did you guys see time- Palm Springs? Nope. That was a pretty good. It was a Groundhog's Day movie, but um, mm. with Andy Samberg and uh, that one 
chick who's in everything that looks a lot like Linda Cardellini. Um, I don't remember what this that movie was called that I'm trying to think of, but I will at some point off the air. <laughs> uh, so uh, coming in at number eight. Um, ooh, the, the true story of... Uh, okay, there's no way there's there's no way to describe this without telling you what it is. The true story of um, uh, the 2009 hijacking by Somali pirates of the U.S. flagged MV Maersk, Alabama. Uh, Captain, Captain Phillips. Captain, Captain Phillips. That was the first American cargo ship to be hijacked in 200 years. Yeah. Since well, like piratey pirates. I never saw that movie, but I remember the of course the news story. Yeah, so wild, wild. Yeah, it was actually pirate. pretty great. The dude who plays the pirate is phenomenal. Mm, He's so yeah. good. I, I've seen him in other stuff since then. I mostly yeah. just know the meme. The yeah. look at me meme, yeah. I never saw the Sully Sullenberg movie. Yeah, I never saw that. Um, yeah, it was a weird run of movies for uh, Tom Hanks. Was he Sully also? Yeah. yeah. Why does he? Why was he constantly playing old dudes? <laughs> <laughs> like old well, captains I think, it, I think stories. it speaks to that you know people have said this before but it speaks to that Jimmy Stewart sort of quality absolutely he has absolutely uh, um, alright so in the antebellum United States Solomon Northrup a free black man from upstate New York is abducted and sold into slavery 12 years of sl- 12 years a slave and y'all get 12 points apiece <laughs> <laughs> You colonizer. Uh, yesterday, Jude says to, we're, we're recording this uh, Sunday, um, September 12th, by the way. Yesterday, Jude wakes up, comes out of his room, and says, Happy 9 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's as appropriate a response as anything. But, right? You know. Yeah, if you weren't, yeah, that's. Yeah, the other. I, other than posting like memes on your social media, yeah, you what know, do we say? What yeah, do we say right. about it? You know, the 650,000 United States citizens that have died in the last 18 months right. have really put that in perspective. It just goes to show how dramatic it has to get for people to be like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> number yeah. six. Two astronauts work together to survive an accident in space. Gravity? Gravity, yeah. I think I saw all these movies. What was I doing this week? Going to the movie theater every day? It would appear so. Gravity was, was, that was a good movie. It was fine. Yeah, Um, yeah. Sandy Bullock is Sandy Bullock. Um, One of my favorite hallucination scenes in a movie ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Number five. A young man is recruited by the international military to lead the fight against an insectoid alien race. The international military? The international military. Yeah, that's <laughs> To fight against an insectoid oh, alien race. it's Ender's Game. It is Ender's yeah. Game. Uh, no, it's not Starship Troopers. Yes, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Only the... S- Maybe third most problematic sci-fi writer of the fifties and sixties. <laughs> um, he's, he's Mormon, I'm pretty sure. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he's he's you know he's no Elron Hubbard, but he's no Elron. He's got some issues. I, I will say though, as a kid reading Ender's Game and Ender's Shadow and like Speaker of the Dead or whatever, I had a teacher yeah. who was obsessed with him. Um, I was like, these are kind of cool. No, I, no, I, no. Vi- visually, they're cool. But yeah, reading anything else, it's like. What the hell is going on? Uh, no, yeah. the Ender series I liked quite a bit as a kid. Yeah. I def, I was a big, yeah, I definitely read those and enjoyed them. Per- particularly Ender Shadow, it is a very creative idea. Mm. Is that the one you're with- seeing Ender's story from the outside perspective? Okay. of Bean, which is an awful name for a character. Bean or Bean? Bean. Bean. Bean, uh-huh. as in Mister. Yeah. Yeah, Mister. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, number four this week. Two turkeys. Jive <laughs> <laughs> jive turkeys or, or regular? Oh, this was a Thanksgiving movie. Okay, two turkeys. I should hope. <laughs> two turkeys from opposites. I forgot. This is November. We're talking about from opposite sides of the tracks. <laughs> Must put aside their differences. Wait. Wait, it gets do, better. Have turkeys invented steam technology to team up. And do they have a caste system? And travel <laughs> back in time. Can <laughs> they travel in time? That would be uh, terrible. To change turkey. the horse of history and get turkeys off the Thanksgiving menu for good. It's turkeys three, turkeys in time. <laughs> and to this day, we don't have owls on Thanksgiving. <laughs> the turkey outsiders. <laughs> Um, disappear Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, fantastic improv suggestion. Um, hmm. And okay, like the A the poster Turkish Thanksgiving. The poster says in big big letters above above the picture and above the title on November first. Hang on to your nuggets. <laughs> At least it doesn't say get stuffed. Get there stuffed. are no yeah. turkey nuggets, I'd like to point out. Turkey nuggets are not a thing. They're the size of a teacup saucer. This is called Free Birds. Oh. Ugh, I hate it even more. Story. And I guarantee I you, in the third act, Free Bird plays out. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, you probably as they're going like in slow motion, motion or something like turkeys can't fly and then they fly Your and time. it's like Oh my god. You can see it. You can see the scene. This movie writes itself. Yeah. We it, should it, Okay. Two, no what was this? 2013? Mhm. Yeah, I'm I'm adding this to my 2013 list. <laughs> I've, I've seen turkeys fly. I mean, I, they fly up into trees and shit. They're terrifying. Well, yeah, I've seen a house fly. <laughs> Uh, uh, number three, 86-year-old Irving Zisman takes a trip from Nebraska to North Carolina to take his eight-year-old grandson, Billy, back to his real father. <laughs> Zisman, I don't even like, yeah. Oi, my back hurts. <laughs> um, it's, it's. Bad Grandpa. I have to pee again. The, the Zany Zismans? What is it? Bad Grandpa. Oh. His last oh, name was grandpa. Zisman. Yes. That I ex- thought you said Bat Grandpa. Bat. That, <laughs> that explains... Uh, a long time ago, my buddy and I we used to play Halo in the middle of the night in Hawaii, and we played against a guy whose name was Zisman, and I will never forget it because mm. he, we kept getting rematched with him, and he won 
for hours, hours and hours, hours and hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> like we couldn't sign off because we had to kill just this one person. But his name, I will never forget it, was Zisman. Zisman. It's Bad Grandpa. Huh. That's probably what he named himself after. It's yeah. around the same era. That's really funny. Huh. <laughs> it's, it's funny the references you get so much <laughs> later. I've I know, always wondered where that came from. That. Yeah, <laughs> I still, I still will shout Zisman in the air from Zisman. time to time. Oh my well, god! With the man, so he could be your super villain. Yeah, Zisman. How? Okay, so number two, a movie that I am only just learning exists. Four, this just in. Four friends take a break from their day-to-day lives to throw a bachelor party for their last remaining single pal, starring. Michael Douglas, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Klein. Oh, they go is this to the Vegas. Motors, is this Roadhogs? No, or no. Is not Roadhogs. No. Uh, yes, though. Travolta. Like yeah. Vegas stays in Vegas. It's called Last Vegas. Oh, I thought it was called uh. Swinging Balls. Do you think they all die of old age at the end of the movie? <laughs> that would be the most satisfying. <laughs> it would. Sometimes I had to explain to Jude the other day that there was a point when Robert De Niro and Albert Pacino were considered America's greatest living actors. And he was like, I mean, but like the guy from the Fockers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It is weird. Um, producers said about Mean Streets that they thought De Niro was a mental patient that Scorsese had just gotten out for the weekend. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> no, he was a friend of his and a stage actor. Oh, yeah. 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 They were like, that guy's psycho. He's not an actor. He's <laughs> <It's> real. <laughs> and then he's like, this is my cat, and this is Ben Stiller. And here we are. Yeah, here we <laughs> Yeah, no, there came a point in the early 2000s where De Niro and Pacino both were just like, what if we just take every script offered to us and make a lot of money? <laughs> Well, and Al Pacino said, Hoo-ah! I bet it's weird when you're not sure how long you're going to live. Like when <laughs> the stakes are much higher. Right. And you're like, huh. I might die making around. Las Vegas. Let's yeah. do it. And He's then like, you I live. Heat was a big deal. Yeah. And then you. We're in everything together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you live long enough <laughs> that, that an entire generation knows you as the meet the Fockers guy. <laughs> you live long enough to see yourself become the grandpa. It's true. You either die the De Niro or live long enough to see yourself become the Fokker. I know. The Cape Fear De Niro. Uh, oh, my God. The Fokker De Niro. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's What's especially crazy is those two movies are only 12 years apart. What's crazy is that it wasn't scripted that he licked Juliette Lewis's face. <laughs> he that didn't, was an improv. He didn't even know they were filming. <laughs> yeah. She, she was very shocked. Uh, and at number one, when the Dark Elves attempt to plunge the universe into darkness, Thor must embark on a perilous and personal journey that will reunite him with Dr. Jane Foster. So <laughs> I, that thought gonna, about... I thought I was going to say Go Dr. Ahead. Jane Goodall. <laughs> That'd be even funnier. But not only does Dark Elves sound like a black metal band, but then you throw in Thor, which is, you know... Yeah. The, the region for black metal. Yeah. Oh. Like, what is this? They even looked like a black metal band with their masks. Yeah, they did. Um, so, all right, that is our box office top 10 for the week, which means it's time to talk about our uh, 
character and comic book background, Mr. Alaric Weber. Wow us. I hope to do so. Um, thank you, Brian, for reminding me that I was supposed to do this because he mentioned at work yesterday um, seeing Malekith in comics somewhat recently. Um, so, uh, yeah, look back. Malekith the Accursed, ruler of the Dark Elves of Svartalfheim. Which, which, by the way, Svartalfheim is literally just um, Norwegian for um, for dark elf home. Svart as yeah. in, like, like for the German Schwartz, black, alf, yeah. elf, yep. heim, home. Yeah. Um, and which was one of the, the nine realms from North mythology. Uh-huh. Um, so they didn't, Marvel didn't make that up themselves. Uh, this character was created by Walt Simonson and first appeared in Thor number 344 in June of 1984. Wow. Primarily, What's, primarily what's the name of his realm again? Svartalfheim. 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 So you take, the, you take the 10 west and then you get on the 101 north. You know... Um, oh, people only ever go to Svartalfheim for Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really what the only reason it exists. Malekith the Accursed <laughs> was primarily an antagonist to Thor, um, but has also appeared in comics such as X-Force, Heroes for Hire, The Incredible Hercules, and I believe Iron Man. <laughs> How do you get that moniker, the Cursed? Seems like it'd have to come from experience. And, and I wouldn't make him king. Like, let's take a look hurt. back. Uh, Malekith was born the 13th son of a 13th son. Oh, and, it's and connected to, in New York. And to Lady Maserat of the Black Bile Clan, known as the Lords of the Wild Hunt for their use of war dogs. Ooh. After all of his brothers, uncles, and father died in war with the trolls, his mother assured Malekith he would not have to die a soldier. The trolls. The trolls. She then sold him to the Undertaker elves of the southern swamps for two sacks of snake livers and half a barrel of pickled toads. I love that. For her war dogs. Two. Two sacks of snake livers. Not one. That's what we should call the Gulf Coast states. What was it again? The something swamp? The southern swamps? <laughs> the southern swamps. Before but that. Two, sna- two sacks of snake livers and, and a barrel of what? Pickled what? Half a barrel of half a barrel of pickled toads. Half a barrel half. of pickled toads. <laughs> Not a full barrel. <laughs> Somebody's been dipping in my pickled toads. Um, Malekith worked as a corpse burner for the Undertaker elves <laughs> until he was captured by trolls. It's not much, but it's honest work. <laughs> yeah, this guy really started from the bottom, man. <laughs> 13th son of a 13th son corpse burner. <laughs> He's like Robert Johnson, like going down to the crossroads. Uh, in prison, he met a muddy, wizard who muddy waters. helped him in troll prison. He uh, met a wizard in who helped him escape and took him on as an apprentice. He met a in, wizard, a wizard who helped yeah. him escape. They, well, they, they helped each other escape. His name was Randolph. <laughs> Randolph. <laughs> Some Randolph. <laughs> Randolph, Randolph, Randolph the 
the <laughs> I was, the Ray. I don't know. <laughs> Ra- Randolph Rick the Maroon. <laughs> Randolph the Russet. Yes. The Russet. He's a potato. <laughs> potato it's, wizard. I guess that fits with the. It's you know, a color from too. Ireland. In Elfish, it's potato. <laughs> In the centuries that followed, Malekith surpassed his master in magical ability. When the and wizard corpse burning. When the wizard desired to combine their powers to end the wars, Malekith turned on him, being forged in war and existentially opposed to peace. He is just for the war. He's like, I don't yeah. care who's fighting. I'm pro war, man. Yeah. I'm a conscientious he, participator. He, he vowed <laughs> to vowed to his uh, his wizard master that as long as he existed, war would also exist. It's okay, like, so war? What is it good for? Me! It's a, it's a living. <laughs> it's not corpse burning. <laughs> like, no, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It's freelance. <laughs> like, industrial scale corpse burning. He's like, if I, if I burn them before they're dead, then I get ahead of, of the backlog. <laughs> Uh, which I was missing from Dark World. All of these elements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe Malekith did burn several corpses before they were actually corpses. Damn, he loves his Um, work. Yeah. Um, The the dying wizard scarred his face with a spell, turning half of his face black. Randolph. Randolph. (laughs) You can call him by his name. We all know who he is. Um, (laughs) You're outing him. Malekith then returned to his former home, fed his mother to her war dogs, and took the mantle of Lord of the Wild Hunt. Better than cursed. But, wow. Jack your mom like that? With her own war dogs? Man. Um, Silence. Yeah. (laughs) In one of his first dust-ups with Thor, Malekith took possession of the casket of Ancient Winters. He destroyed it before being defeated by Thor, releasing the casket's magical frigid force all over Earth. <laughs> I'm going to release that shit all over Earth. <laughs> it's going worldwide. Malekith became king of the Dark Elves by means of a murder campaign in which he killed any Dark Elf not loyal to him. Murder campaign. Vote for me, I murder. <laughs> Do you want to murder as your king? Are you, you pro war? Well that would work. Yeah, for real though. Well, now? I mean, we make the joke, you know, if uh, the last guy shot a guy and what was it? Fifth Avenue. Fifth Avenue. No one would give a shit. Oh, that was an. It turns out that that was actually an understatement. Yeah. Malekith has all the normal attributes of a dark elf, but his abilities are above average for one of his race. He possesses superhuman intellect, strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, and reflexes. Anything else? Malekith's magic powers include teleportation, energy projection, physical malleability, flight by transforming into mist, illusion casting, and the ability to change the shape and appearance of other beings or objects. And then? Um... (laughs) Like all Dark Elves, Malekith has a vulnerability to iron, which disrupts or cancels his magical spells. And a penchant for drama. <laughs> yes. And then? So he doesn't have genius level intellect? No, just superhuman. <clears throat> yeah. Is superhuman better than genius? I don't know. 
Depends on how super. Maybe, maybe it's not enough to be. Batman genius. is smarter than Superman, but Superman can laser Batman to death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not so smart now. Look who's so smart now. Uh, moving on to Algren the Strong. He was the most powerful of the Dark Elves. He is coerced by Malekith to battle Thor. While battling, Malekith opens a pitfall beneath the combatants, attempting to plunge them into a pool of lava. Yeah. He was the dude from Guar? Yeah. Yes. At- the prison break guy? Yeah. Uh, Thor flies away using Mjolnir while Algrim falls. His life is saved by his enchanted armor, yet he is critically injured and develops partial amnesia and an obsessive desire for revenge. And a really bad case of psoriasis. Mm. Algrim falls. Beautiful. Uh, Algrim is later healed by the cosmic entity, the Beyonder, who transforms him into an even more powerful entity called Curse with a K. (laughs) With a K. He's like, look, I got copyright issues. (laughs) <laughs> the beyond so he has like a blood vendetta against Malekith in the comics uh eventually yes um first uh, the beyonder sends him to battle thor um and in the course of battling thor beta ray bill and power pack uh curse is aided oh, by thor in remembering that it was Malekith who was responsible for his current suffering aided by thor thor was like hey it was Malekith, remember Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Power Pack? I'd forgotten about them. Yeah. Wonder if they'll be revived. Powerful kids. Oh, I guess they did the runaways. Anyways, Malekith and his crew. Um after presumably killing Malekith, Curse is granted as guardian citizenship. <laughs> Do you have to go to the spring? <laughs> wow. so yeah, you have to remember the all the the previous kings of Asgard. Well, right. eh. One, the, yeah, the uh, one previous Bor, Odin, you're in. Um, <laughs> that's two. That's two. Uh, he is designated the guardian of the children of Asgard after helping protect Volstag's children during a plague. So Curse. apparently he's the one guy who stuck up for kids because he got the fucking name. The, the rest of the Asgardians are like, oh, we don't really care about kids. No, I think um, the rest of it was during the plague. The rest of the Asgardians were like, why do we need masks? Won't our natural immunity? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the god of thunder, but not antibiotics. I'm going to let my body do what it's naturally supposed to do. Uh, Curse loyally serves Asgard until the time of Ragnarok, at which point all the Asgardians except Thor apparently perish. Yeah, that was a um, other Asgardians in this film include Ear, the physician lady, um, based on the Norse goddess or Valkyrie associated with medical skill. Uh, we see Bor, father of Odin. And uh, it's not really clear, but uh, he is uh, named. Uh, we've got Tyr, the Asgardian god of war, after whom Tuesday is named. Yeah. Uh, he is <laughs> another blood son of Odin, along is with worse day than Tuesday? Thor and Baldur. What? Sorry. I said, is there a worse day than Tuesday? No. <laughs> yeah. I argue it's worse than Monday. That's when... It's when I go to war every week. 
I know, but you expect it to be bad. Tuesday has no hope. There's still so many days ahead. There really are. Tuesday's pretty bad. Wednesday, I'm not a big fan of Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A month of Sundays, please. Uh, that's all I got for our uh, comic and Norse mythology research. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you Al. Um, so, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> um, it was uh, written by Christopher <laughs> Yost, Don Payne, Robert Rodat, Christopher Marcus, and Stephen McFeely. Yes, five people <laughs> had to write this thing. Um, so, uh, which, that's, that explains a lot about this movie. Um, apparently, uh, Don Payne did the first original draft of this. He was, uh, we, we last spoke about Don Payne on Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer and previously on My Super Ex-Girlfriend. So, If I ever became the head of a mafia, I would want it to, my name to be Don Payne. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Don Payne. <laughs> um. Don Payne, uh, his longest stint was writing The Simpsons. He did that from 2000 to 2013. Um, We also, uh, so he did a script. Then Robert Rodat did a separate script. Robert Rodat was the sole writer on Saving Private Ryan. He also then went on to write The Patriot, Fly Away Home, and the film adaptation of Warcraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> he also vowed against peace. Yeah. Like Maliki. They then had Christopher Yost come in and combine these two scripts. Um, Christopher Yost, uh, he did like a, a lot of, um, a lot of like a, um, Marvel animated stuff, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, the new he did a lot of comic book writing. He wrote for Target X, New X Men, Scarlet Spider. Um, on screen, he uh, also wrote, uh, also has a writing credit on Max Steel and Thor Ragnarok. Um, he's uh, currently the uh, head writer for the uh, live action Cowboy Bebop that's uh, coming out this year. Mm. Um, so after he combined those two scripts, the studio still wasn't happy. So they brought in Marcus and McFeely, um, to, uh, do a, do a, a pass on the script. Um, Marcus and McFeely, of course, we, uh, last saw in Captain America, the first Avenger. We'll see them many times coming up. They have writing credits on Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America, Civil War, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, and Endgame. Um, they, uh, got their start with, uh, the life and death of Peter Sellers and then the, uh, Narnia movies. Um, that was an interesting movie, the life and death. Of Peter Sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this movie was really, really written by committee, and you can tell every step of the way. <laughs> they all got into the octagon. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, It was originally 
given to director Patty Jenkins. Really? Who, after reading the script and ha- working on it for a couple months, stepped out and later said um, that she didn't believe she could make a quality film with the script provided. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Um, she, she may have phrased it a little more, uh, you know, uh, diplomatically than that. She made, she made five enemies that day. Yeah. But, uh, basically she was like, this is a bad script. Uh, it so, is. yeah. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. 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 Um, so then it, they brought in, uh, Alan Taylor who, uh, Mostly worked on TV, Six Feet Under, Game of Thrones, a lot of HBO stuff. He did some West Wing work, Carnival, Deadwood, Lost. He was a big, big television director. Did a lot of prestige TV directing. Um, This is a, let's see, he uh, um, has directed, he directed The Emperor's New Clothes, (laughs) which... Um, I didn't realize was a movie. Um, after Thor: The Dark World, he would go on to direct uh, Terminator Genesis. Mm. <laughs> yes, so um, he has a lot of really good television work and a lot of really bad. Well, a little bit of really terrible uh, film work. <sighs> um, Kenneth Branagh, of course, just passed straight away, <laughs> saying he wasn't going to return. Um. Our cast, of course, uh, we have returning Tom Hiddleston, Chris as Loki, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, uh, Anthony Hopkins as Odin, Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig, Idris Elba as Heimdall. Um, We've got Christopher Eccleston uh, making his MCU debut as Malekith. Uh, he is best known as the Ninth Doctor on Doctor Who. Um, though uh, he's got a, he was uh, in the Leftovers. I I really enjoyed him in the Leftovers. Um, let's see, he did a lot of work with um, Danny Boyle. He was in uh, Shallow Grave. Um, is he an African American actor? No, no. Okay, he is a right. white British dude. Um. Yeah. Well, there's a an African American British actor in The Leftovers and he uh, was on Peep Show. Really funny guy. Oh yeah, but no, anyway. no, no, that guy. No, um, he was he was like the pastor in um, it, it was a season uh, two, I think, of um, The Leftovers. If I was the producer on The, the first... Leftovers, I would have cast Meatloaf. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Uh, he was he was in the first season as well. Was he? But yeah. he he was more featured in the second one, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, because he was like, yeah, he was like a pastor with that that church that was like where the girls disappeared and all. And they and, smoke all the time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the smokers. Um, anyways, that was no, no, it wasn't the smokers he was with. He was oh. he was he like came up against the smokers at some point. I don't know. It's been a few years but since he I was watched in that. The Jets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, let's see. He was in Shallow Grave. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Existence gone in sixty seconds. Oh, so we'll be seeing him again soon. That is our Shallow monthly movie Grave this month. Great. Shallow Grave is great. He was in Twenty Eight Days Later. Ooh, GI Joe: great. The Rise of Cobra. <laughs> That's, That's right. He was um, Destro. Oh my God, he was Destro. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah. Um. 
uh, Brian and I were discussing him yesterday after work. Um, we were trying to figure out how many doctors we had in the, the Marvel universe. Hmm. And, um, well, does, we can't, is Jessica Jones MCU still? Yeah. 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 It's made by Marvel. I yeah. mean, it was we, made we by Marvel. You included, we included, we included that. So okay. David Tennant as a uh, purple man. What was his name again? Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Yeah. Um, and Christopher Eccleston. And then with Suicide Squad, we have Peter Capaldi. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's, wait. No, that's, that's DC. DC. That's, oh, DC. that's DC. Okay. Well, but for us on the show, we're going to have Capaldi. We already had uh, Peter Cushing, too. We were talking about Cushing. What, what's, Ca- Capaldi what's Capaldi going to be? In Suicide he was Squad. In, he was the brain. Oh, he was brain. the brain guy. But is Capaldi no, in the MCU? No, no, no. We we got confused. Oh, but on the yeah. show. On the but show. We will have. Yeah. Yeah, three doctors on the show. Yeah. And I think uh, that dude's name is John O'Hare, the brain guy from Suicide Squad. Oh. It wasn't Capaldi, I don't think. No, Peter Capaldi was this, in the Suicide Capaldi. Squad. The 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 new the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. That was Peter yeah, Capaldi. Okay. Um Um and but then we found out that uh Matt Smith is slated to be in Morbius. Yes. Yeah, so that will so, be four of the five new doctors. Um, and then I only just found out that, uh, Peter Cushing was, uh, doctor who in a doctor who movie, not one of the TV shows. Uh, Brian told me that. What? Peter Cushing played a doctor. Yeah. yeah. I thought you told me that thorough, but, uh-uh. uh, huh. not that there I you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. BBC made movies back in the sixties. Huh? <clears throat> That's crazy. But he- but he's not included in like the lineup of of the doctors like, of the doctors, yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um. So, all right, we've got a uh, playing curse. I am going to so butcher this name, and I apologize to everybody. Um. Let's see. Adewale Akanayu Abedze, and I again apologize for my pronunciation of that. Um. So he was in uh, The Mummy Returns, Born Identity. Um, he was Killer Croc in Suicide Squ- Squad. Um, and he was, uh, he was Malco in Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, season yeah. five. Um, so uh, let's see. We've got um, back as Darcy. Uh, Every time I go to a different page, I have to go back to the cast. So, um, Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings is Darcy. Yes. Thank you. Um, there we are. Kat Dennings back as Darcy. Um, Chris O'Dowd. as always. Yeah. Love to have seen her back. She was kind of the, the best part of the movie, I thought. I, I did not realize that she uh, is in a romantic relationship with Andrew W.K. And they are getting married. Oh, wow. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that's actually a celebrity couple that makes me happy. You know what celebrity <laughs> couple made me very sad? <laughs> is um Is it uh J Lo and Ben Affleck again? Well that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the fact that John Mullaney got Olivia Munn pregnant while he was getting divorced from his wife and in rehab made you know me very good sad. Him. Good for him. Uh, I'm gonna see him next month. Oh my god, Live. that's amazing. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited. 
yeah, no, I'd I'd love to see him live. But this past year has been a roller coaster for that dude. Yeah, yeah, man, addiction is brutal. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so yeah, Ray Stevenson is Volstag, uh, Zachary Levi as Fandral. Um, I found out that uh, he was Zachary Levi um, was actually uh, slated to play this play Fandral in the first movie, but he didn't or couldn't because of obligations to the show Chuck. Oh, huh, that makes sense. Um, he w- yeah, he replaced Joshua Dallas. Um, Joshua Dallas couldn't reprise the role because of his commitment to Once Upon a Time, the series. Hmm. Oh. Um, Who was he on that? Uh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Why don't you look it up and tell us, Al? I'll do that. Okay. Um, Zachary Levi, of course, um, you know, best known as Chuck. Um, he's, uh, and he plays Shazam. Yep. We'll be seeing him again there. Um, I hadn't realized it was, well, I guess I hadn't realized. I, I wasn't really aware too much of Zachary Levi in 2013. I mean, I'd seen Chuck, but I don't think I was like, oh yeah, Zachary Levi. I, I didn't even realize it until I watched all the way through the movie and um, saw him in the credits. Mm. And then I couldn't unsee him. But just with the blonde and the yeah, blonde the, hair well, and the blonde mustache. Like the, the Errol Flynn kind of look. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Tananobu Asano as Hogan. <laughs> 30 fabulous seconds of Hogan that this film had. <laughs> Um, Jamie Alexander is back as Lady Sif. Rene Russo is back as Friga. Um, Alice Krieg portrayed here. Okay, I've got a Josh Dallas update. <laughs> Thank God. Um, and uh, Andrea s- sent it to via message. So he was he was like the main guy. Uh, David Nolan was his Earth name, but he was Prince Charming. Um, Prince James, Prince James Charming, David, King David. So a lot of sort of the same, but different characters. Yeah. Kind of thing. He was, what he was married to Snow White, uh, Josh Dallas. Oh, he was the, the Fandral from the first Thor movie. Okay. So he was a, he was a big part of Once Upon a Time. I could see how they couldn't drag him away. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, and I can't believe mouse. I did not realize that was Alice Krieg. As ear, the Asgardian physician. Like oh, the Borg Queen. Yeah, the Borg Queen. Yeah, oh, um, oh. yeah. yeah. She 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 had a huge career in the seventies and early eighties. Um, uh, Ghost Story again, a great early eighties movie. I recommend everybody watch. It's got Fred Astaire in it. Um, uh, Tallulah Riley was in there as a nurse, and Chris O'Dowd as Richard, the guy. <laughs> yeah. that- uh, Tallulah Riley is that the woman from Westworld? Um, the, the oh, she was in, in uh, yes, 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 it is. We meet yes. at the very beginning. Yeah. Yes, exactly, Angela. Yeah. Um, and uh, then of course Benicio del Toro's premiere as the Collector. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that as soon as that started, I was just like, wow, this looks different from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is one of the first like double uh post-credit scenes, right? Oh no. Our, f- our first MCU one. What was the very final one? Was the Guardians of the Galaxy scene? 
No, no. The first one was Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the second post-credit scene was um was uh, oh, back on Earth. Thor, Thor re- returning, I guess. You're and right, then you're the right. big monster thing, yeah, walking around London, around yeah. like a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. So. Um. Yeah. You got to watch all the way to the end now, Josh. All these movies. I always do. <laughs> but I did not. It kept trying to. It kept trying to like end the movie. <laughs> for me after the first post-credit sequence i had to keep bringing it back up i was like god yeah, damn it. disney yeah, plus you know there's post-credit scenes why do you do this i thought that's why they did now i know yeah like i thought they did it yep gotcha no, nope disney plus is not your friend <laughs> yeah, so i knew that i don't believe them yeah um so this movie <laughs> no the, anybody want to guess the movie's tagline uh um they're at it again. <laughs> this time, uh, more thunder uh, from down under. I don't know. Uh, get your nuggets on November 1st. <laughs> Darkness awaits. Al is the closest. Ooh. Al is very uh, close, actually. The tagline is... We got Natalie Portman again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The tagline is, there was darkness, period. <laughs> wow. That's Triple. awful. That's terrible. <laughs> There was darkness. Um, not first there was darkness. Not like, yeah. Yeah, just there was. Yeah. First there, there was darkness is way better. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, this movie won uh, five. No, I'm sorry. Four awards. Razzies, all of them. Nope. The Howding four. Award for what? Best Global Actor in a Motion Picture. That is Russia's. Academy Awards. That okay, howdy. All right. All right. <laughs> I was like, how many fucking th- awards can they cook up? It won the uh, 2014 Teen Choice Award for most choice movie fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> most choice. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. The Howding Award is not. The Howding Award is, is, is French. That's a French award. The George's Award is the Russian National Movie Awards. And uh, Tom Hiddleston won Best Foreign Villain of the Year. Um, now that I know it's French, that other award makes so much more sense. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth as Best Global Actor <laughs> in a motion picture. Global Actor. So and it won the Golden Schmoes Coolest Character of the Year Award for Loki. Um, the golden schmoes is joeblow.com. Do you guys remember that website? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. I was, I was reading Joe blow around the time I was looking at ain't it cool news. Oh my God. Remember that? Harry mm. knows. Oh yeah. He, God, that dude was such a big deal for a little while. Uh, this movie has six. Josh and I submitted, um, applications and pictures to uh, get tickets to that button thon that he used to. Oh hold. yeah. 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 In Austin. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, this movie has 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and it has over 250,000 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't really look very far, so I didn't find anything very funny. Um, but uh, that's about it for our uh, background and production. Are you guys ready to jump into the film itself? I better get my pants. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. This is Thor the Dark World. We open with some voiceover. 
Odin tells us about the Dark Elves and their leader, evil leader Malekith, who wants to return the universe to its former state of darkness. Enigmatic, uh, kind of loose, general darkness. <laughs> he has an ancient tool called the Aether. He had to wait for the convergence, a time when the all nine worlds align. Ooh, I hope I can get tickets. Right? Uh, Boar, that's Odin's dad, and the Asgardians stop Malekith. So Malekith jumps into his spaceship, makes it invisible, and flies away. Spaceship, yep. So uh, this neat. isn't just cloaking, right? This is like magical I guess. Cloaking. I don't know. I guess. Otherwise, it's... Not Heimdall can't really see dark elves, so is well, and this what? <laughs> and like, I'm colorblind. Apparently, he can't see them before they cloak either, because there was large yeah. chunks of time when they were just out in space, and then they cloak and go to Asgard. But Heimdall can see nine trillion people over the the. But then later, it's like he well, maybe he senses it, but when he runs up that uh, yeah ramp yeah. or whatever, to and, jump yeah, on the top ship was it. there, and it's I don't know. This that is, shit should have been made more clear. Yeah. Right, because if he had seen it, then he could sort of gauge its speed and the likelihood of him jumping on it. But yeah, he doesn't see yeah. it at all. I guess he just had a feeling, or maybe he <laughs> saw the absence of something. That could be. Or something. He saw right. Yeah, he saw the CGI Ripleaf effect. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, is that a predator? <laughs> it's a big yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, back in the long ago times, um, it should be mentioned that uh, Malekith sacrificed an untold number of his people uh, by crashing their ships into the plane of battle, yes. uh, attempting to destroy the Asgardians as he escaped. Yes, and, and they were fighting on that planet, right? What was it called it again, moved, Al? Uh, Svartalfheim. Thank you. Yes, I would like to point out that this is the first time we see a large melee battle between two forces that both possess the technology of lasers and spaceships. Yeah. But this but but air, they're airship, using spaceship. axes and swords instead. Yeah, okay, somehow everyone. cosmic, but not at all. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and we've talked at length about that about Asgard. Yeah, magical or not magical. Well, I mean, yes, but well, then also. Also, they have lasers and spaceships, but they instead decide to just use axes and swords. And I mean, yeah, I'm with they, you. 100. They're not. They're not using like technologically advanced melee weapons. They're using iron <laughs> yeah. and gold, yeah. plated spears right. and shit. Like they could be. They could be laser tipped or yes. something. It could or be charged up hammers, lightsaber things style things. Sure. Yeah. But no, they're right. just whacking metal stuff at each other. And yet they yeah. have like uh, force field technology. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Um, anyways, so Bohr can't destroy the ether, so he orders it quote buried where no one, no man will ever find it. He does Found a it. he does a shit job at that. The Asgardians yeah. are terrible at hiding infinity stones. Yeah, this is the second one that <laughs> has been people. found by humans. Instantly. Which one is this? Would you remind me? Uh, Which reality stone is the ether. Reality. Oh, reality, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we get the title card. We cut Ooh. to Asgard. Odin is sentencing Loki to a lifetime of imprisonment for his attempted conquest of Earth. Was it used to alter reality in this? Not, Not really. I think so. No. no. Well, I guess yeah. We'll get there. But the end of the 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 plot that he's he's trying to 
turn reality into one of darkness by using the reality mean? stone. Yeah. Dark. He's just turning. He's just turning the contrast down and the settings on. He seemed to mostly reality. just be making everything dusty. That was yeah. seemed to be what he was doing. I'm going to make everything <laughs> dusty. Well, in the comics, there have been a number of characters that turned the universe to darkness, like pre-existence darkness. But what is so like? They're basically removing all of the all of the things from the plane of existence and turning it back to its original state. Okay, so but these dark elves apparently existed in that. Yeah, which so, I don't uh, understand. So how did yeah. they come to be without stars and well, planets? And we get we get an explanation later that. Malekith created the weapon that he was using. Like, Odin Probably. says that. But does that mean that he created the reality stone? No, no, no. Because no. because they, they said the ether existed. came from the dark realms before time, yeah. too. So, but, so it doesn't seem like it. But also, like, yeah. like how, do, how can you have a universe of darkness in which dark elves will exist? Because... They have, well, they're they, like mole rats. They, they like to live uh, in the dark. You know, they... A universe yeah. of darkness with no suns. If there's no, yeah. <laughs> like, with matter, if you have matter, there's going to be some sort of light of some sort. Well, in comic books, it's a metaphorical darkness, maybe even yeah. more than a literal. But in a movie, you're absolutely right. You don't, they don't clarify that whatsoever. They just grew mushrooms and ate earthworms and <laughs> very happy. Yeah, That's why they're, they're so like pale. A, they're a, yeah. That's why. <laughs> it's like Alaska or anywhere up, you know. See throw, it's like uh, Plato's allegory of the cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. it's not at all. So no. meanwhile, <laughs> Thor is on Vanheim fighting orcs. Is that where the vans come <laughs> from? Is that where like cave. minivans and things? Vanheim, yeah. No, it's Vanheim. It's Vanaheim. Van um yep. Vanaheim. Oh, it play. is Vanaheim. Yeah, uh, that's uh, where the where the angels play, uh, uh, uh-huh. Disneyland is there. Yeah, he's Vanaheim. He's, where nut letters are slowly turned. Yeah. So uh, I did a I did a little bit of research <laughs> on. Um, did a little bit of research on this. Uh, Vanaheim was the is is one of the nine realms from North myth, Norse mythology, um, home of the Vanir, sister race to the Aesir of Asgard. Um, they're similar race together. The the Aesir and the Vanir uh, became the Asgardians. Okay. Um, uh, Vanaheim is a more natural realm in comparison to the uh, civilization of Asgard, the orderly city state. Um, in comics, Lady Sif and her brother Heimdall are both of the Vanir. Okay, so it, but in this one it was Hogan, and Hogan decides to stay there because in the third act, when they're helping, when they're escaping with Loki, they we didn't need to ha- see him see things. Well, yeah, well they he had to see <laughs> he had to see things, and they wanted to they didn't they couldn't come up with a uh, with with a, a thing for him to do in the escape, so they oh, decided yeah. to just get rid of him. Yeah, I assume that he had some some sort of. Uh, scheduling conflict yeah he had an appointment an eye appointment right right so yeah anyways thor's fighting orcs again they have lasers and they're fighting people with spears 
Um, were they orcs? I don't know. They looked like orcs. I don't know what the hell they were. They looked uh, like orcs from Lord of the Rings, so I called uh, them I orcs. Fucking racist. I think they were just Vanier in like armor. No, the they Vanier. were all like monstery looking. Okay, Southampton veneers. Necessarily notice, except for the rock giant. Yeah, it was. Is that one of Korg's people? <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and they were also in the comics. Uh, rock giants were uh, not native, but they ended up dwelling in Vanaheim. Nobody's from Vanaheim. You moved That's, there. It's, <laughs> it's true, actually. Um, it's a move to Rome. Um, one of the. Uh, it was one of Odin's brothers, or, or one of Bor- I think it was one of Bor's brothers who uh, settled Vanaheim um, and spawned the Vanir race. It used to just be all orange orchards. Orange uh, orchards. Like, I got the railroads every, here everywhere. Uh, do you remember when um, when uh, <laughs> Lady Sif was uh, <laughs> was investigating the water department of Vanaheim? <laughs> Chinatown, Jack. Jake. Anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, they do that, and then Thor goes home. Odin's all happy and like you did a good job, Thor. But he tells him he should stop moping about Jane Foster and start dating a nice ass guardian girl. Um, two years apparently. This conversation, yeah, two years, two years, and Jane's first did foray out into the a solid year and a half since New York. Um, is that a mere blink of an eye in the existence of of the the Asgardians? Do they experience time differently than we do? In order to interact do, with right? us, I have to imagine they experience time similarly to us. Yeah, they they experience time like so. Just having read some Thor comics recently that explained this, they experience time the same way that we do, but they forget shit the same way that we do. Um, so. At a certain point, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't remember any of the battles that I fought a thousand years ago. Hmm. You know, that makes sense. But also, like, the whole Thor Jane thing. <laughs> well, and they they address it twice. Odin and Loki do that. Like, you're stupid to love a mortal, you know? Yeah. Like, they're, they're meat puppets. They decay and die. They do. But also, Thor's, wa- Thor's watching her every night. The Bifrost is fixed. He's traveling around. He's like, oh, I'm busy saving the nine realms. But every night <laughs> when he goes home and watches her, why doesn't he jet down for half an hour to like freaking watch Modern Family with her or something? Well, and he doesn't watch her. He asks Heimdall how she's been. So he has Heimdall watching her, mm-hmm. which is somehow worse. Yeah, it kind of like, is. Like if he He's was watching awesome her, showering. she would be okay with that. Yeah, but like... That's what he has. Yeah, Heimdall's been watching you for me and telling me all about it. Don't you think she'd be a little weirded out by that? Yes. Yeah. Like it your would friend be in a mortal situation what? even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. He, Meanwhile on Earth, Jane is on apparently her first date. She's been like she's been moping for two years. Two years. This adult, like scientist, Harvard graduate, MIT lady has been moping about big muscle guy. Well, once you go Norse, nothing but remorse. Oh, I thought that was going to go a totally different direction. Uh, um, <laughs> Into the dark world, you're saying? <laughs> Into uh, the animal world. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. Um, for some... <laughs> anyways, Jane's on a date with Chris O'Dowd. Darcy shows up, tells her, tells her that all their scientific instruments are going crazy. So Darcy's been working for free for two years also? She's going to get credit. It'll yeah, be fine. She's an intern. Yeah. yeah exactly. But interns still need to eat and have a place well, to sleep. I she, absolutely believe you. I was backing that up. It's hilarious. She's been she's an, intern an intern for two years. Two yeah. years. At, like, at least because she was an intern yeah. before at, we met her. Yeah, we don't know how long she was an intern then. Um, she probably gets free parents. meals. She just stays wherever Jane stays. She throws scenes in restaurants and then just picks up whatever's been right. abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, that's how I eat. So, yeah, she's telling <laughs> Student she- loans. That's what Andrea says. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yep, student loans. Yeah. If I disenroll, then I don't get Start having to pay those back. Unenroll. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, we learned that Eric Selvig went crazy. Um and then uh, Jane refuses to leave at first. Eventually, she ditches Chris O'Dowd, goes with Darcy. Um, who's at got- this point in the MCU, why do people not believe Eric? So, like, the right? Avengers have already happened. Like, even. I feel like yeah. he would have a modicum of fame for the whole Avengers thing. At like, least well, credibility. He did spend the last half of the Avengers working for Loki doing his evil bidding. So that definitely undercuts his credibility. That being said, and he w- he did I, successfully open a portal through space. I feel, so I, like, I feel like when if anything, that would give him head. more credibility. <laughs> like, yeah, And he think. did strip naked at Stonehenge. Uh, okay. I mean, how like else are you going to be? a lifestyle you know? choice situation. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> he deserves a ticket. Uh, that's I how the ancients did it. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. You get naked and <laughs> There's been... rub mud on your body and run around That's like right. yes. Yeah. So there may have been more naked people in there. Right. In clothes historically. We also meet Darcy's uh own intern named Ian. Which uh that was cute, Darcy getting an intern. Um they go back to an abandoned building where there's some British kids. They find an anomaly, it makes trucks float, there's some portals, Ian throws away the car keys. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so they're based in the United Kingdom now. Apparently, they don't really even. No, no. So, so Eric Selvig was following. They, they briefly mentioned this offhandedly. Eric Selvig was um, called them to come there because he had been following readings that were um, emanating where from that convergence. area. Yeah, yeah. And, where and James Wong lives there. Yeah, apparently, okay. apparently they mentioned that too. She's staying. There. She and Darcy are staying with her mom. Yeah, the lab they call it, or your mom's house. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't meet her mom. I'm wondering no. if they cast that role or shot it and then cut it out. I don't know. Um, so, all right. Uh, Jane accidentally wanders through a portal, ending up in Svartalfheim, where the Aether was buried, where no man may find it. <laughs> so. If one of those kids had walked into that specific hallway in this abandoned building. Mm-hmm. They would have absorbed the reality stone. They would have gotten yes. ether, yeah. Yeah. And nobody would have known, and they would have just kept going to the pediatrician, and they couldn't put their <laughs> yeah. finger this, on it. This movie is based off so many layers of coincidence that it's like becomes just unwieldy. The amount of coincidences yes. we're expected yeah. to buy into in order for the plot to take place. Yep. Um. But anyway, so uh, yeah, the, the aether. Ether, whatever, senses her and is like, hey, 
Natalie Portman and goes into her body, causing her to pass out. Um, this causes Malekith to wake up, apparently. Um, or just the convergence coming? I don't know. He wakes I up immediately after this. Yeah, uh, he's getting ready. Because the reason the portals exist is the convergence. I've thought about this for way too long. To, yeah. Um, well, and he does say the convergence approaches. Yeah. Well, and they say that it happens, what, once every... 5,000 years. 5,000 years. 5,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't Thor 10,000 years old? Or is he... I don't know. I forget. I, I thought at some point they said his age, um, but maybe it's later on. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm sure they said his age at some point, but I don't remember. Yeah, because if the convergence was 5,000 years ago, that makes Asgardian history so short. Yeah. Which is really weird to me. I I don't know why it wouldn't be 50,000 years or something. Yeah. Yes, it very much does. Well, I mean, there's only been two kings of Asgard so far. Yeah. 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 Uh, But they they only live about 2,500 years each. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, on Asgard, Thor hangs out with Heimdall, who tells him about the convergence. He does it. I have been noticing more and more the farther into these this show we get, uh, the like the little tropes that I never really paid much attention to previously. Um, this has the one where a character walks in, and the other character says, "Remember what I told you about this thing," and then proceeds to re-explain the thing to them for our uh, the audience's benefit. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So Heimdall does that, and then they watch Jane for a bit because Thor's been spying on her, and he's like, oh, "I can't see her," and Thor's like, "Oh shit!" So, so, I've been doing the laziest form of stalking there is. Having my buddy keep an eye on you, yeah. and and Heimdall just just happened to be watching Jane at the moment that she stepped through the portal, because otherwise yeah. he might have been watching one of the other trillions of souls. Yeah, or maybe he felt it. He seems to. Well, no, no, because Thor shows up sense. and he asked about Jane, and Heimdall's like, "She's oh wait, I can't find her." Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, just before that, Heimdall was entranced with the beauty of the convergence, the upcoming convergence, the dangerous yeah. beauty that he saw. Idris Elba. like a music festival that Apple would put on. <laughs> the convergence. <laughs> yeah. Um, Idris Elba was criminally underused in both the first two, even the even Ragnarok a little bit, yeah. but criminally underused yeah. in the MCU. Heimdall was a waste of Idris Elba, especially after watching The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we know what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> Anything he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Jane wakes up in London where she learns that she was asleep for five hours. Thor shows up. Jane's mad that he was gone for two years. She does the slapping thing. Um, she slaps Thor and Loki in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that break her hand? <laughs> Yeah, but also, I don't know, just the, like, girl slapping the lead because she's mad yeah. at him is like, yeah. oh, come on, guys, right. enough. It's still assault. It's still assault, even if it's a little girl doing it to a big man. Yeah, it was uncalled for. It's a worn-out trope. Yeah, it is. It needs to end. Um, Thor shows up, and, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. She forgives him because he was busy helping the Nine Realms and such. The police try to arrest Jane, um, 
but she causes an explosion. So Thor's like, oh shit, that's some ether, and takes her to Asgard. <laughs> oh shit. Um, meanwhile, wants to go on a Bifrost ride. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> she has a health. Second only to a mustache. <laughs> Thor gives her like the a pink helmet and like his, uh, <laughs> he wears a shirt that says, if you can read this, then. <laughs> the bitch fell off. Oh, the bitch fell off. Me, uh, yeah. um, yeah. Meanwhile, Malekith returns to Svartalfheim and vows revenge on the Asgardians. Why is he even returning the universe to darkness at this point? Like at a like at a certain point, it's like him and twelve dudes. Well, and why does he go to Svartalfheim? Svartalfheim, because it is the dark elf home, <laughs> right? Which is dark. Like, does he need to like, go back there for any reason? Does he do anything while he's on this planet? Nope. He just goes there well, and he's he like, left his laptop. Right? Well, yeah. Well, he's like, oh, I left my charger at home. I need to go <laughs> back. He, go- <laughs> he goes there. Well, and he picks up the sand and he's like, I'll get you Asgard for this. So it's like, you're mad. So you just, you, you personally destroyed most of your own civilization in trying yeah. to defeat the Asgardians. And then when you go back 5,000 y- years later, you're mad because there's nothing there. Well, he has the insane, the, the confusing ethos of being against peace. Also, Second, I don't understand. really open for a lot. I don't <laughs> understand the Asgardian version a... of conquest. They destroyed the Dark Elves and left their planet in its condition. Like, you can still see the battered ships and all the yeah. stuff, you know, hanging out. Yeah. Don't you think they'd be like, we're going to put an Asgardian colony on this thing? Yeah, that would make sense. You know, like we're going to use it to put these feuding groups or something. But also, all of Svartalfheim seems to exist within like a 10 mile radius. Everything on that planet happens in one spot. It's like Pluto. Yeah. So maybe the other side of the planet's totally fine. And there's like dark elves happily living their lives. The light side of. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They just keep happening to go to like the, the like the beach of like Normandy beach part of Svartalfheim. Maybe there is no other side like, uh, like, like Asgard. No, no, we saw it. We like saw it from point. space. It is a big round planet. It's a regular okay. looking planet from space. See, That's what they want you to think. It's actually yep. a disc. Svartalheim it's flat. Svartal- Svartalheim is flat. Hash- flat Svartalheim. <laughs> flat Svartalheim. Truth. I'm, I'm a flat Spartalfheim truther. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's the kind of protesting I can get behind. You just make a fucking sign instead. <laughs> so where, why isn't life as wacky as it could be? Uh, okay, so um, back on Asgard, Jane's being examined by healers. Odin's like, nah, take her away. But after she does another big explosion thing, he realizes it's the ether inside her. Um, uh, Odin walks into this scientific research facility. I, also, Jane asks, <laughs> is this a quantum field generator? And they're like, I guess so, whatever. But Soul Odin Forge. walks in and Soul waves Forge. his hands and turns off this technology. He is the most like fascist king ever. Yes. He's like, oh, you're doing scientific research that you are all deeming to be very important? Nope. Yeah. Everyone has an NDR. God. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I don't understand this yeah, at all. No, Odin's just a grumpy old bitch. He's like, he, he, he is a wise old king. He should say, get some answers and send her ass packing once you get them. So, I mean, I realized, like, yeah. I realized in this film like that the, that the MCU has a real Odin problem. Yeah. And that they don't know what the fuck to do with this character because he's way too no. powerful. So they have to keep sidelining him. In the first one, they put him to sleep. For the most of yeah. the movie. <laughs> in this one, they um, make him against anything Thor wants to do just so that he can be out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Thor goes on his thing, Odin isn't like mad and come after him. Odin's like, well, I guess Thor's off doing something I don't want him to do. I'll just hang out here. And then Loki locks him in that, you know. Right. And it, yeah, in the third sweet. movie, they literally kill him in the first act. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. At least Taika Waititi was straightforward about it. Like Odin, get him out of here. Well, and there are, there are story reasons in the overarching Marvel universe that make sense for that. Cause you need him to not be a big threat for Thanos at some point. Eventually. Yes. Yes. But, but at the same time, like he could have ridden a horse to Svartalfheim. I got to get that other F in there and or- like been there for the final battle and, yeah. and found his son dead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or like his chariot of goats. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he rode a Pegasus. Maybe yeah, it was. Maybe. Someone has a chariot Does, of goats. Maybe it's Loki. Thor rides a goat. Who rides a goat? Rams. Thor, they're rams. Or, yeah, they're rams. But but yeah, Thor rides basically a goat. Someone has a chariot pulled no, by goats, and I can't remember who it is yeah. in Norse mythology. When, uh, when Thor doesn't have the hammer, uh, before he gets the hammer in the comics, mm. he has. The it goats. was. It was kind of fun knowing what we know that that's the day that like Lebowski, Thor, and Rocket show up. Yes, yeah. yes, that they're on another part of the, they're in another corridor. Yeah, kind doing doing their stuff. Yeah, um, he's so, talking him up. You know, trying to give him a pep talk. I yeah. Um, so then, meanwhile, um, um, yeah. So Odin gives him the whole backstory on the Dark Elves, and he's like, "But they're all dead." <laughs> Then Malekith makes one of his guys into curse. So he's now real super strong. The curse guy sneaks in. How does he get into this group of prisoners? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Uh, they, they sn- I thought they were coming from Vanaheim, but they could have been coming from some other <laughs> Sam <world>. Bernardino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Malibu Beach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were they they snuck him in on off world off Asgard. Somehow. I don't know. He got yeah. busted in, in a sting in one of the house. <laughs> did they portal him there or did they fly the ship there and like drop him off and like leave him with like a like a here's your lunch, see you in a week. Right. Like yeah. I wish that we had seen some more of that rather than him just walking in the bifrost. With everybody else. And then walking into jail. And did you yeah. notice that... suspicious how cooperative that giant thing was. Well, and also, did you notice that all of the Asgardians show up with these prisoners and none of the prisoners are, like, tied up or cuffed or anything? They're just walking among them. You can't even tell who's Asgardian I and who's a prisoner. Yeah, Same. they're cracking-wise. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, he gets put in the dungeon. And none of the other prisoners are like, we don't know this dude. He's not with us. Right? <laughs> Yeah, if you're that cooperative with your captors, you'd think you'd have some sort of rapport where you'd be like, we didn't fight with him. And there were even some dudes that looked like Ravagers. Yeah. 
Well, and not yeah. this guy, but there were also prisoners. Yeah. they had the weird ponytail that comes. In. But yeah. also, yeah. why are the Asgardians taking these randos prisoner? Like, why are they not imprisoning them on the planets they're from or something? Like, why are they bringing them back to Asgard? How did they acquire yeah. them? Yeah. Was it in battle? Are they like, already battling? Yeah, it wasn't told. Who knows? Lo- Loki was alone in that prison before all of this. Yeah. Right? At least we're led to believe that he's, like, there's not people being like, boo, it's the queen. Well, yeah. You g- suck. You'd, you'd think that the Asgardians, like, pr- dungeon would be for, like, very important political prisoners. It's not for yeah. all the rando orc dudes they capture. Yeah, that's county jail type yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, he gets put in the dungeon. Meanwhile, Loki and Frigga have an argument in his cell. Thor explains the convergence to Jane. They kiss. She meets Frigga. Then in his cell, the Dark Elf gets all lava-y and busts out. Um, I, I, this I also don't understand. Like, how, what? Yes. He punches. How do you punch an energy field? And break it. Yes, yeah. by punching the energy well, field. Apparently, um, Asgard's like force field technology isn't great. You know, we see that in a little bit. That's just, it's like, why didn't you call Wakanda? Right. <laughs> no one can get through that shit. Yeah. 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 I, I got they the impression. Leave it on all the time. Sorry. I got the impression that uh, the, the cursed stone that he uses and we saw previously 5,000 years ago um, uh, activates a little bit of the, the ether. All right. Um, Wait, so, is there some ether in him then? I think so. The 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 ether glows red. But wait, wait, did we? So wait, wait. Done the little wiggle before he. I had no idea the curse thing was was at all connected to the ether. I thought it was like a separate power that he had in this, like a separate Uh, thing. I thought they were related. I could be wrong, but um, the color scheme matched. So if he's if he's has the power of bending reality um sure not the full infinity stone ether power but just a little chunk of it um i could see how <laughs> punching through a force field would not be too hard yeah feeling a little ethery today <laughs> uh all right i mean i guess um so anyways he gets he bunch he he breaks a bunch of guys out um and then they do a big prison break. There's a big fight. Uh, Loki directs him upstairs, um, as presumably to Odin's chamber, I imagine. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, upstairs, Jane and Frigga go hide in her chambers while Thor and Odin and everybody fight the escaped prisoners. Oh, it may have been directions to the trophy room. Maybe. Maybe. Tesseract and all that jazz. Okay. It could be. Oh, uh yeah, he had to go shut down the the force field first. Mm. Oh. Um. So yeah, right. there's there's all that big fight. Um. Malekith comes in in his cloaked ship. They take down the force field. Um. Malekith ends up killing Frigga. Um. Thor shows up. Um. Gives him the two face. Um. <laughs> but and you notice half of his face got burnt. And he didn't start flipping a coin. <laughs> Notice that. He's he, all, all he, y'all motherfuckers. He never, he never once started making like, like he didn't start drinking two glasses of wine at once. 
He didn't have wear a suit. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get two girlfriends. He didn't have a suit that was in half. Very disappointing. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyways, he doesn't get the ether. He gets, uh, and uh, Curse grabs uh, Malekith, gets into the ship, and they fly away. It gets invisible, and, <laughs> and Odin's like, well, like, that's all done with. No need to do anything else. Yep. So... <sighs> Malekith later on in the movie teleports people not like Doctor Strange but through little portal things that open up portals, yeah. I don't think it, that he was doing that at will oh that was just it was the those things that Selbig had yeah that was, those yeah. were the uh, um, the yeah the space blurs um, oh, okay that makes more sense yeah. yeah yeah I don't understand why he didn't teleport at all in this movie if that's a power of his yeah, I think it was this just would have been a, a great moment to teleport. Yeah, I think it was just the convergence thing that yeah. gave him teleport powers later. They didn't give him the the full dark elf treatment. Like when he gets when he gets the ether and everything, then yeah. you can do that stuff. Um, then you get the power. Yeah, <laughs> first you get the ether. <laughs> then you get the power. All right, so then then there's Frigga's funeral. This was beautiful. I mean, it was it was some really yeah, gorgeous imagery. The the Viking funeral. Yeah. Sure. Um, this the music in this movie is some of the best music that they've done. It really was good, and um, just yeah, just uh, let's see the music. By the way, by the by, um, <laughs> was uh, by um, by Brian Tyler. Oh, oh, this is the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy's music too. Yeah, he's he does a lot. He's done a yeah. lot of movies, but um, yeah. Um, also, by the by, it was Thor who had the chariot of goats. It was um, Thor. Okay, his goats' names were Tangrisnir and Tangyoster, which can be translated into teeth bearer and teeth grinder. Huh. Huh. Also, uh, what you drink in space. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's how he brought the the thunder, right? He would ride the chariot through the crowd, clouds. And... Yeah. All right. So all right. So back on Earth, Eric Solvig is in a mental hospital, raving about how all the nine realms will open up, a bunch of wormholes to each other. Um, but he has these spikes that will control the wormholes with a device. Um, we cut back to Asgard. Thor has a plan to go to Svartalfheim. Lure out. Oh, cameo by Stanley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the Stanley cameo at uh, in the mental hospital. The shoe. Yeah, when I have my shoe back. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Thor's plan is to go lure out Malekith with the ether and then just beat him up. <laughs> that is yep. Thor's plan. That's his plan. <laughs> it's a very Thor. Not great at making plans. No, it's a very Thor plan. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Odin's against it. But he he doesn't make good plans, you know, right no. down from chopping Thanos's head off to like, oh, we'll, we'll just go to the collector and get it. We'll just go to this split. Yeah. Yeah. No, his plan is like I'm just going to go do a thing right now. <laughs> that's right. that's his plan. Yep. Um yeah. So, uh Odin's against it and refuses to let Thor do it. Back on Earth, Darcy and Ian see a news story about Eric, so they go to get him. Back in Asgard, Heimdall Agrees to help Thor with his plan. The Warriors 3, well, the Warriors 2 and Lady Sif agree to help also since since uh, the one dude is still on the other planet doing nothing. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, let's see, Thor frees Loki, who agrees to help in order to avenge Frigga's death, for which he feels partly responsible. They put their plan into action. Heimdall distracts Odin while Thor and Loki steal a ship, which is also a distraction. And then they get onto a, another smaller ship and use Loki's secret path out of Asgard, which apparently can go directly to Svartalfheim. Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, they don't mention it, but they, they have to make sure that Natalie Portman doesn't get sad. <laughs> <laughs> or she'll die. Kill her. Yes. <laughs> uh, I saw. Um, there was a quote I saw by her recently where she was talking about how um, after the professional, she had such a terrible, terrible experience with um, the media and fandom that she um, that that informed the entire rest of her career. Like she was talking about how like there were radio DJs that she would hear that were counting down to her 18th birthday. Um, she right. opened up like her first fan letter and it was from like a 45 year old man talking about how he wanted to rape her. And like, yeah. um, like, so uh, she was instantly like, okay, I am never going to sexualize myself. I'm going to go get a degree. I am going to only talk about like the craft. I like, like it immediately changed everything about how she dealt with her her fame yeah. and her career. Well, she's nothing but class. Yeah, she's awesome. I love... I think she brings up any... Yeah. Yeah, I love Natalie Portman. Um, she's... Yeah, I, I don't... I don't always oh, yeah. love the... I don't love her acting work in everything she's in, but I don't feel like that's often her fault. I feel like it's well, often George right. Lucas's fault. Yeah. I, well, I read that same, that same clip. Line. And it was that was a really interesting thing to read, but it's it says something about her too that she's still willing to engage with things like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was eighteen, nineteen, right? Yeah, when around the there when she did Star Wars. Wars came out. Yeah. yeah. Um. But and then the the I'm sure that that experience got worse after being you know yeah. Luke and Leia's mom yeah. kind of thing. And, oh God! And she's very sexualized in the second and third ones because there's no bras in space kind of thing. But the fact that she would then come and do a Thor movie mm-hmm. and then do the sequel, I think that hopefully we will see all of that kind of come to some positive end with her experience in in the Thor movies, at least with Love and Thunder. Right. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I really, yeah. Yeah, I her too. character got really screwed in these first two Thor movies, and I'm really looking forward to her, to Jane being done right in Love and Thunder. Yeah, I'm I'm sure she looked at the source material and went, yeah, yeah, I'll play Jane Foster, and then got the script and went, son of a bitch. Yeah. Why is this, you know, why do I'm I spend side love interest? And yeah, all I do right. is like, oh, Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, it just occurred to me recently that like, okay, so she had an infinity stone inside her. That's yeah. that same thing made Captain Marvel. Right. Having an infinity yeah. stone, like, oh, no, yeah. like, like well, that's, I, I have a feeling that that's going to come into play in love and thunder. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into speculation, but in the comics, she has cancer. Yeah. And at night she is lady Thor. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. or just Thor. Well, also at one point, like, um, she's wielding, she's wielding Mjolnir and Mjolnir impersonates her. 
as Jane Foster in order to uh, throw off uh, somebody. I can't remember who it is to throw off the trail that she's actually Lady Thor. Probably Thor. That whole that whole run where they're introducing her, but you don't know exactly who she is, is is full of fake outs. It's pretty great, right? But well, like, at a certain point, Mjolnir is just sentient, just being yeah. Jane yeah. Foster. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. It should. I don't know if you guys have heard. He's a fairly new villain, but um, Gore the God Butcher. Yeah, he's supposed to be in Love and Thunder. It's yeah. Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah, so he might have some revelations. Yeah, that's uh, Thor: Love and Thunder is one of the upcoming Marvel things I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> I'm I'm really curious how they're going to fit those two storylines into the Gore storyline. Anyways, but it may a lot of mint story to that. It may mint Jane, whether it's the you know Infinity Stone or whatever it is. But he only kills gods. That's his whole deal. Yeah, yeah. He hates gods, quote unquote. Um, so, so she may attain God status. Mm. Okay. So, all right. Anyway, so um, they arrive on Svartalfheim. Loki and Thor argue for a bit. Then Malekith wakes up from his healing, senses the ether. Back on Earth, Earth Darth, Darcy and Ian get Eric out of police custody. They go to the lab to get to work because there's starting to be more anomalies. Um, on Svartalfheim, meanwhile, they meet up with Malekith. Um, Thor lets Loki out of his handcuffs. Loki stabs Thor, cuts off his hand, and gives Jane and the ether to Malekith. Um, just as he draws the ether out of Jane, though, it's revealed to have all been an illusion, Michael. And uh, Loki and Thor rescue. <laughs> um, let's see. Ro- Loki and Thor rescue Jane. Thor tries to destroy the ether. <laughs> He's like, if I just shoot lightning at it, that'll destroy it. Right. Oh, it's ether or. <laughs> um, it doesn't work. Malekith sucks it all up and leaves. While his guys fight Loki and Thor. Uh, they kill Curse, but Loki gets stabbed during the battle and dies in Thor's arms. Uh, they kill him. Uh, they have to kill him with one of the implosion grenades, which I don't think we've mentioned no, we didn't. Up until this point, they were using right. them a lot back on Asgard. The Dark Elves were, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he they create like run- mini black holes or something. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. it sucked. And uh, Thor had to save Loki from one um, just before this, but yeah, Loki ran him through with a spear, and it apparently did nothing. Oh. And then the hug, that was intense. That was great. You yeah. just hug uh, somebody into the giant sword that's impaled you, even if it did work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. the last moment thing. Hardcore. Yeah. I loved it. I also love that this scene uh, is word for word the script in Ragnarok that Loki has it yes, made his yes. play out of. Yes. <laughs> Revisiting this has yeah. it has changed the context of this completely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, be, well, and we get the funeral you, music. Brother. Mm-hmm. We, we get the same the same funeral music when they they push Frigga out into the whatever. That's true. Yeah, yeah. space dust. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. the we cheesy choir thing. Sad. So yeah, very. Then it gets sad. all dusty. Thor and Jane go to a cave, which coincidentally is the same cave that had the ether. So they didn't actually bury the ether. They just put oh, it in a cave. 
Sounds was, like the work of bears. Yeah, did they put it on I, Spartelheim then? Yes! They put it on Spartelheim! I don't think this was the same cave because the the ether was in a big cavernous chamber um, on a, a ledge. Um, this was two. this was just a this was a much smaller cave. It was connected to <laughs> where they were uh, because we found the soda can and uh, why are there so many shoes in here mm-hmm. um, and the car keys? Okay, but it was it was not the same space the, that the, the ether was in. Okay, the, yeah. So that so, means the coincidence was just that the portal opened up to where the ether is, not that they also happened to go to where the ether is in this scene. Earlier, Jane's portal went to the ether, which of all the places in all the nine realms a portal can go is the most convenient for the plot of this film. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, anyway, so uh, blah, blah, blah. They go into the cave. Um, Jane gets a call from Chris O'Dowd, um, which wasn't. I believe her number is eight six seven five three two four eight nine eight six three two eight five one. Yeah, for a weird time call. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> I'll put this over here with the rest of the fire. Um. They uh. <laughs> they find a portal back to Earth. Um. And the keys to the car. The <laughs> Thor sitting in a car is great. Yep. Yeah. Especially <laughs> that little tiny car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, and, and he asks who Richard is. <laughs> yeah. Who's Richard? Really? Um. So. Uh. Anyways, they. Yeah. Um. Oh, I again noticed how often Natalie Portman was standing eye to eye with Chris Hemsworth, despite despite being a foot and a half shorter than him. Yeah, it's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go back to the lab. They reunite with Darcy and Eric. Um, Eric's cra- Is this where there was one particularly funny scene? Is it right here where it's like, Jane, Eric, That's later. Darcy. E- well, <laughs> all right, proceed. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, this is where Eric's glad to see Thor and he's like, Loki isn't here, is he? <laughs> Loki died on the field or something. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, Loki died out there. Loki's dead. Oh, thank God. Yeah. He's so happy. Um, Yeah. But immediately apologetic. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Back on. the way Loki's afraid of the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Back on Svartalfheim, we see an Asgardian soldier, a little bit of a green glow around the edges. Who then goes to Odin to tell him that Loki is dead and looks shifty um, on Earth. They come up with a plan. Elv- Selvig does the thing. He cl- he pushes everything off a table and puts a map down and draws lines. And there where all the lines converge. <laughs> Luckily, um, right where we are. I'm sorry. This is way back. Um, but did we discuss Loki changing into all the uh, oh, like changing into the guard no, and then changing we, Thor into Sif and then he changes into Captain America. We forgot to mention yeah. the Chris, the Chris uh, um, Evans, Evans cameo. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans uh, playing Loki 
pretending to be Captain America was so spot on. It was so good. That was so good. Let's have a raving conversation about patriotism or whatever he said. God bless America. (laughs) But the confidence. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, um, I have to say, Chris Evans came a long way from playing Johnny Storm. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's, uh, yeah, he's become an actor. Yeah. That's what it felt like watching him playing Loki playing himself. It felt like watching him playing Johnny Storm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cocky self-assuredness. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So, all right. Um, They, uh, yeah, they do the map thing, (laughs) which someday, someday I'm going to sweep everything off a table, lay down a map and just start drawing lines on it. I do it every day. I've got plans. (laughs) Yeah, you do it every day. Uh, yeah. So, all right, they uh, figure out the convergence is going to happen at Greenwich. So they go there and they put up little big spiky things which are going to control the convergence. Just as Malekith arrives in his ship, which apparently just goes into the ground partway. Yeah. Uh. Um. I and I thought about this. It's like oh, that's silly. Why does it come uh, horizontally? Um. And I think they must just not have had like vertical thrusters. Like it couldn't, it had to plant itself in the ground. Oh. Um, hmm. But it didn't have vertical thrusters uh, to, so it could like uh, drop down, hmm. like thrust down into the ground. So it had to go horizontally from the edge of the river. So it's like a shark. It has to Pushes consistently be forward. moving. <laughs> yeah. Because if you stop, you're kind of yeah. screwed. Uh, Did they but, ever mention London as far as destruction? You know, like they mentioned Sokovia and Lagos. And, uh, that, and well, I remember there was a there was a thing about it in Agents of Shield, but I don't remember oh. anything from any of the films. That's right? Yeah, Sif. Uh, around the time of this movie, uh, what's her name? Jamie Alexander. Yeah, I think it was she, like she cameoed in yeah. Agents of Shield. I think it was mm-hmm. in season two. She like shows up, and they were talking about the London destruction and everything. Yeah, that's uh, the first time we see a Cree. Oh, we see a Cree oh, in yeah. Guardians or in Agents of Shield before we see them in Guardians. That's right. Far out. So, so this this moment also got me thinking about um, if the if this is the site of the convergence and um, uh, the alignment. If it was also like on Earth five thousand years ago, um, is that how we indirectly got Greenwich Mean Time? Yeah, I mean, I, like this is this is a central point, and yeah. it was just in our the the human subconscious that that's yeah, the, where it. Selective I mean, yeah, it would place. make sense. That would make sense. Um, also, it's weird. I thought so. Why? I guess what makes Midgard so important? Because they say the nine realms converge <clears throat> around Midgard. It's, it's in the, the one. In, the middle, yeah. Oh, but mid. It's in the name. All right. Five thousand years ago, um, they were doing their stuff on Schwartalfheim, not Midgard. Yeah, doing their thing. On That's where well, the battle were, was taking place. They the were battle. fighting on. Maybe there was some skirmish on Earth, also, but maybe, maybe the, maybe he had he had yet to transport to Midgard to get to the central point to do his thing that could before be. they stole the ether. Yeah, they just got there right. fast enough. Huh. But um yeah, makes sense. So all right, they uh Malekith shows up. Thor and Malekith face off. 
They fight while Darcy, Eric, and Jane and Ian start the machine and start doing the wormhole thing. There they start making Malachi's Space blurs. Yeah. Space blurs. Technically speaking. Okay. Yeah. They do that. Um, Thor and Malekith's battle goes on. They portal around between the nine realms. Uh, there's a thing with some 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 airplanes, some some jets that are trying to uh, that go two F sixteens disappear. Yeah. yeah, to another planet. But then they come back afterwards. At the end, they get back to Earth. Oh. Um, Darcy and Ian do some kissing. Uh, the big monster uh, thing comes through. Yeah, because he picked. Ian picked up a car and slammed it on three uh, dark elves yeah. to save her life. Yep. Yep. That's all it takes is to win the heart of Darcy. It was it was very, I don't know, very mini Hulk when he just had the, the bumper in his hand and just yeah. tossed it aside. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, so th- and this is where Josh. Oh. Um, yeah. Like <clears throat> Jane, Eric. Darcy, Ian, Mjolnir, as it whips by them. <laughs> Darcy, Jane, Ian, Eric, Muma, Mew Mew. Oh, right. oh, that's right. She, she says Mew Mew. She, she calls it Mew Mew. Yeah. yeah. yeah it reminds better. me of, have you seen, uh, how, what's his name? Scott Lang. Um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd trying to say Mjolnir. I can't even say it now. Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> Yeah, there's like 30 seconds of him just struggling to say the word Mjolnir, and he just can't do it. Uh, that reminds he me. Did you guys delightful. watch the newest What If? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. I don't want. We're oh, on yeah. air, so I don't want to do two spoilers really for Guardian uh, Levy. Damn fun. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a good. I that was a good one. Um, yeah, the, yeah, they did Marvel Zombies so well. But the the the, the Muma thing was a fun callback to the first movie it was from the first movie it was definitely she still can't say it (laughs) no um so uh right so they do all that then um thor Thor has to take the uh the tube from charing cross to right yeah gets felt up by the uh, that uh, female passenger uh yeah so yeah and then he gets back there and he uh he and jane uh, team up to use portals to cut off Malekith's arms. <laughs> um, Were his arms important to him wielding the ether? Apparently not. He starts important? to grow his arms back. Yeah, with the yeah. ether. It's the reality stone. Yeah, before they finally, like, they knock him somewhere. Uh, they they and, transport his whole body back to Schwartalfheim. Yeah, and then they do... Make it. Then they use one of the the black hole grenades to suck him up. Right? Isn't that what happens? No. Um, uh, he he transports back to Schwartalfheim, and then uh, Thor is passed out on the ground, and the ship is falling, and Selvig uh, manages to uh, space blur the whole ship back to Schwartalfheim and it falls onto Malekith. Oh, so he just gets crushed by the ship. Yeah. that's lame. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Alright, whatever. Um, <laughs> he might not be dead. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Malekith does not matter. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Eric, yeah, that happens. Um, we cut to the humans having breakfast. 
Jane is sure Thor will return at some point. Back in Asgard, Odin offers the kingship to Thor, but he refuses it. Thor leaves, and it's revealed that Odin is actually Loki in disguise. Roll credits. Um, then in the mid-credits sequence, Sif and Volstag deliver the ether to the collector for safekeeping. They say the words. They say infinity stones. First time <laughs> yep. that has been said it's in not, the MCU. It's not safe to keep two infinity stones in one place. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, Odin refers to them as stones, and the ether is the one that's not a stone. But yeah, yeah for them to say infinity stones yeah. was a big fucking deal. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> um, so the collector says, one down, five to go. Five to go. Yes. And then what was the final scene? I'm, I guess. I'm and then after, after the rest of the credits, um, it's just Jane eating breakfast. Thor returns. They make out. And uh, then we see the big monster just like wandering around an empty lot in London, like kind of jumping around like a puppy. Chasing birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Oh. oh, and it says Thor will return. Doesn't tell us when. Doesn't say in Avengers 2 or anything. Yeah, that is it. Um, unanswered questions. Um, we we covered most of my unanswered questions during the Same. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, most of my unanswered questions were about darkness, uh, <laughs> but um, in addition to that, let's see. Um, uh, why? Oh, yeah. One of one of the minor things. Why didn't Curse free Loki? He was freeing everybody else in the dungeon. Huh. You think he would have just freed everybody, including Loki? He didn't know Loki was who Loki was. He just saw well, he, he was a prisoner. Up to the, he walks up to the cell, and what does Loki say? Well, he walks up to the cell. He decides not to free him, and Loki says, you might want to take the stairs to the left. Why didn't Malik... What did he doesn't he, say something before the stair thing? I thought he said something that made the dude like walk back down the steps. I don't remember. Okay, probably not. I don't know. I believe. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, everything else, let's see, we covered in this... Um, uh, maybe, maybe it was because he didn't look like much of a fighter. Mm, He's trying be. to sow chaos. Uh, I don't know. He's like, uh, "You look puny." Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, makes well, he's sense. kind of he's kind of an 18th century dandy. So <laughs> yeah, right? he is. He is you know, yeah. He's got he's got like books and oak furniture in his cell. Yeah. Yes. Decorated. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. I don't know. You guys have any final thoughts before we rank the thing? Nope. No. No. Uh, it yeah, just suffered in the second and third act. Like the second to third act transition got real bad. It did, and every. It's, I don't know. It slowed down around the funeral for Frigga, and then never picked back up again until the very, very end. Yeah. Well, and pl- it was just. Boring. Malik Malekith was the most boring. He's like the poster child for the problem the MCU had with villains for the longest yeah. time, and in, in the first and second phases especially. Well, and it was another thing that reminded me of a Star Trek movie. He kind of seemed like the Eric Bana character. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like yeah, that kind of thing. Right, like we're supposed to be so intimidated by this guy. We've never. Yeah, remind me of yeah. that. Plus the ships. Uh, you know? 
Frigga would have taken him down if Curse hadn't shown up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not very. He was a he was a terrible villain. Um, yeah, Christopher Eccleston deserved there. better. Um, it was yeah, it was boring. Wait, yeah. yeah, I mean he did fine, but yeah. The boring. movie in general was very boring. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think I was as bored as you guys. I don't know. I watch this movie pretty regularly because I can not pay attention to it and have it on in the background <laughs> uh, to like study yeah. new stuff. Uh, yeah. I didn't hate it. Just yeah. a lot of eye rolling. But yeah, having to pay close attention to it, I was very bored. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was what it was. It's like it. It is an MCU movie, so it's not terrible. It just doesn't right. live like, up to to the better MCU movies in any way. Like Iron Man Two. Yeah. That was that was my yeah yeah. All right, much so, so rank that. All right, bitch. let's see the ranking. Um, <laughs> thirties, right? Um, let's. Well, let's see. I've got. Where are we here? Forties. Um, we've at the Incredible Hulk is our lowest ranked MCU film at number thirty nine. Um, Other than that, the first Thor we have at number twelve, not and, as good as that. And you likened it to Iron Man two, Josh, which is that's at seventeen, right? Um, uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't think I could put this above X Men or Batman Returns or Blade. Yeah, Blade was my, oh, my cutoff right. point. You're right. Um, I don't know it's if not I... not as good as Swamp Thing. <laughs> it's it's not. It's not. Um, I don't think it's as good as The Crow. Once we get... I don't think I could put it above Superman 2. No. I think it's better than The Wolverine, though. What about... Yeah. Yeah. It's better than... Oh, yeah. It's better than that. It is better than The Wolverine. It's better than Blade 2. It's better than Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah. So after Superman 2? What uh, what do you think, Brian and Al? I like it. Um, it doesn't have a mind song. So, yeah, it's got to be below <laughs> Superman <laughs> yep. 2. It's got to be below. Yeah. It also doesn't have porn. No. So it's under orgasm. <laughs> Definitely. Al? Uh, works for me. All right. We will put it there. Thor. And there it will be. It has Except been written. Except that it's years. above me, Mystery Men. Uh, I mean. But that's okay. Again. Yeah, this, this is a part of a bigger universe. So it was satisfying. Again, our list is, you know. Well, we list superhero movies. I think Mystery Men's a great comedy. Mm. Regardless of the superhero costumes and shit. Yeah, I mean it is. It is. But this is a bit but, better superhero movie. I mean, this is it's Thor. And it, um, yeah, and uh, it has a lot of key links to, yep, the before and the after. Yeah, it does. Loki's broader, development, the broader universe. Being pa- the- well, yeah, and having the character of Loki in it is almost like having a ringer. I mean, he's Tom Hiddleston's Loki is just always yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that is it. It's it's funny. Um, the first time I watched this um, many years ago, I completely forgot watching it. Um, I remember watching it. I just forgot what it was. Mm. The second time I watched it, I didn't realize that it was Christopher Eccleston until the very end when I saw the credits, uh, much like Zachary Levi. The, the last time I watched it, I couldn't not see 
Christopher Eccleston. It's um, yeah, his voice too. Like I just kept hearing the doctor. Yeah. But in contrast to Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, I can't not see Thor and Loki. Mm. Like they they are just those characters. Absolutely, oh. yeah. No matter what else they're, they're in, yeah. They're beyond those they're beyond oh, them themselves now Mm -hmm. right yeah no it's like mark hamill and luke skywalker it's like they've become an iconic figure yeah and it's not like our robert downey jr who had a couple decades of film work prior so you know you can see him yeah yeah had to bring their all yeah so anyway and yeah so um that's it which means uh we are done with thor the dark world next week on harmless phosphorescence we will be talking about captain america the winter soldier wow they released that close to each other they did it was like what six months apart five six months apart and there wasn't there wasn't a superhero release in between them wow one of the worst and one of the best yeah next to each other so uh yeah, join us next week for that, everybody. Uh, thank you all for listening and watching. Um, this has been your host, Throw Smiley, and I've got to go. I have to go get my intern an intern. Okay, uh, um, I'm Josh CC, and I can get you out of here through a, a big rock butthole. Okay, time to go. Lots to do. I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber, and goats are welcome at my banquet table. <laughs> that's good to know al um i'm gonna keep that in mind uh thanks everybody we will see you next time bye bye